Welcome to another episode of the Harvest Profit Podcast. This is Nick Horeb, the founder of Harvest Profit, uh, coming to you on this podcast with thoughts, ideas on the world of farming and ag technology, and really just sharing our journey with you so you can learn more about what we're doing, our wins and losses, and hopefully you'll learn from some of our experiences and mistakes that, that we make along the way building our business. And today I wanted to give you my thoughts, uh, some of our company thoughts on ag tech integrations. You know, never before have we seen companies that have been building technology that's made to share farm data from one platform to the next. And frankly, most players are uh, willing to do it in a very open fashion. They're making an investment in technology knowing that if they are able to give the farmer seamless data transfer to the platform of choice, it's going to impact the brand loyalty, you know, ultimately the success of the farmer. And if your company is one that's facilitating that, it's going to have great long-term effects on your business. But there's a downside that comes with egg tech integrations. And you know, historically, a lot of people said none of the data plays together. Um, it, it's in file formats that aren't standard, and that's true. And there's companies out there, uh, egg integrated is a big one that powers a lot of the transfers of data from, from one company to the next. And there's more of that going on. And it's really a great resource for farmers, the technology, people are understanding that, you know, uploading USB sticks and things like that that were done in the past aren't sustainable data sharing practices given that we have the cloud, given that we have APIs. But my the word of caution is that farm data isn't structured in a consistent fashion. And that just is the nature of the beast. It, it's not really a, a fault of a company, a fault of the farmer. And so I'll give you a couple examples. So one example being precision ag data. So if you have your yield maps, your as applied maps in a tool where you have your, you basically have the geospatial points and the, the either the, the usage, the as applied or the harvested, the, the yield data, and you can transfer those from one system to the next. Well, if you think about a tool like Harvest Profit, where one of our core features is managing entity by entity, field by field profitability, if you're managing, let's say you have, you know, a husband and a wife that farm together, and they have a, a child that farms in a separate entity, and then maybe there's a legacy entity for, you know, the older generation. So you'd have three different entities farming together. Well, if you want to view per entity profitability but you don't have those entities defined or you don't have the ability to define those entities in your precision ag system, when you upload that data from a tool like Harvest Prof, from, a, from your precision ag tool into a tool like Harvest Profit, you have to manipulate that data to get it to fit. So you have to assign those entities and we can do a lot of that for you. But specifically if you have, let's say you have a, 120 acre field which is comprised of an 80 and a 40 and two different entities are farming those and you import that data into harvest profit we have to basically take your a different set of boundaries layered on top of that to get the accurate records on a per entity basis 
because you have boundary conflicts. And those things are a little bit hard to do. They're a little bit hard to set up. And so as you're working with more and more ag tech systems, an investment in making sure there's consistency in your fields, uh, trying to be thoughtful about your entities, your inputs, how things are named, I think has a, a big impact on the usability of today's modern farm software. Another use case which has you know, some challenges is if you're taking data from your grain elevator into a tool like Harvest Profit. We're doing accrual financial analysis that's based on the crop year, but if you're delivering grain to your grain elevator, they don't have, they don't necessarily care what year that crop came from. So if you're trying to do, uh, if you're trying to do inventory analysis in a spreadsheet, or if you're trying to do inventory analysis in Harvest Profit, taking that scale ticket data needs some manipulation. You need to define the attributes of it to make sure that it consistently fits with what you're trying to analyze. So my recommendation would be, you know, for companies, you know, first and foremost, to just realize that there are certain real world limitations to sharing farm data. Uh, all attributes and points of analysis are gonna be different from platform to platform. So let's try to accommodate that. And we need to do that as well at Harvest Profit. But then secondly, if, if you're a farmer, try to be thoughtful and cognizant of the fact that what's your end goal here? If you're just getting started with a precision ag system and you know that down the road, you want to analyze field by field profitability, but you have, and you have different entities and you have maybe joining fields that it doesn't really make sense to, to wrap each one in a boundary, think long and hard, talk to your advisors, talk to people who have some industry expertise and ask them how you should set those things up. So when the time comes, if you wanna take data out of there, take your geospatial as applied ad harvest, as harvested data and run analysis on that, whether it's profitability analysis or you know more yield analysis, just make sure that you're putting some thought behind how you're structuring and, and setting that data up. So, because at the end of the day, you know, if there is inconsistencies, we can, we can thoughtfully, and I'm just speaking for the harvest profit here, we can imply things. So, for instance, if you have a, a forward contract for grain that comes out of another system that is for, and it's, let's say it's soybeans for delivery in November, we can intelligently imply that we believe that that is a new crop soybean contract. So we can go in and automatically set that attribute for you, but sometimes it just doesn't make sense for us to do that. If you're delivering commodities in August, for instance, and you're a farmer in Mississippi, that might be new crop for you. For a lot of other people, that isn't new crop. So it's hard to imply, it's hard to layer on that consistent uh, implication and intelligence when trying to set the attributes for you. So at the end of the day, there's just some of the data sets, some of the purposes of each application that you're using, they have different purposes. Some of it is to do geospatial yield analysis and they don't, <clears throat> they don't really care what entity it came from or if a third of that fertilizer was paid for via, in a, via a crop share. They just wanna look at total bushels uh, applied geospatially over a map versus a tool like Harvest Profit. We wanna 
if you have a field that has two entities splitting at 50-50 and you have a one-third, two-thirds crop share laying, it, laying on top of it, we're going to take that data, we're going to split it up 50-50 uh, for each entity, and then we're going to layer on the crop share on top of that. And so there's just two, there's different goals of every program. And I personally don't think that it makes sense to have a one-size-fits-all because if you look at other industries, manufacturing, distribution, the ERP systems that do it all from accounting to inventory to customer relationship management um, to HR, people don't like using those systems. The end user typically doesn't like using them. And so we're seeing best of breed solutions. There's a company called Workday, which is a, a multi-billion dollar revenue business that their whole goal is to do HR as good as possible. So the HR function that had been living in these ERP systems that were installed 10 or 15 years ago, companies don't like using that. So they're tearing it out. So I think we're we're going to see more powerful platforms. You know, hopefully Harvest Profit is one of those, one of those that you'll consider using in the future. But at the end of the day, we're going to have if you're a farm that is technology focused for the foreseeable future and probably forever, you're gonna have a few key software systems that you're gonna use in your farm. And so if there's anything that we can do to help, uh, you know, whether it's collaborating with industry partners or just basically taking feedback from our customers, prospective customers on how we can better handle the data that we're working with and at the end of the day, not take too much of your time, we're more than willing to do that. And, and the last point that I'm, going to leave you with on the, the thought of integrations is there's a concept it's called in, in the software world it's called a web hook where you have you essentially have a feed into some into another data platform so let's say you're using a tool like harvest profit and you want to import as applied data from a third-party precision egg system but you don't want to just do it a few times a year, you want that to be updated and synced live. Well, if we're going to have a, as a part of that, we would probably need a, well, I think we need a reconciliation step where you have to accept that data into Harvest Profit, very similar to our cloud accounting that we use at Harvest Profit. It imports a couple different bank, our bank feed and our credit cards, and it puts them into a reconciliation step where we have to accept those in to our P&L. Well, the longer we wait to do that, the more and more it builds up. So if we were to do our books once a year, it would take us a shockingly long amount of time, almost an insurmountable length of time to do that. That's why we do, you know, that's why most companies like us and ourselves, we do our books monthly. You don't necessarily have to, you know, for reporting purposes and just for general business intelligence, you definitely should, but we don't have to uh, do them more than once a year. But if we let that, if we let those data feeds just stack up, stack up, stack up over time, we're going to have thousands of different pieces of data that need to be reconciled into our general ledger. So thinking about farming, if you're having your as applied data auto-imported and you have five different as-applied activities on each field and you have 50 fields, 
there's going to be multiple hundred as applied activities that need to be imported into your field. And so uh, from the purposes of just the general industry and from customers and ourselves, we need to be thoughtful on setting up these web hooks because if you don't use your platform for a month or two and we want to make harvest profit so you don't have to use it every week you could use it every couple weeks every month every two months to freshen up your data but if you don't use it for a couple months and you go on and you have five hours of work to go through and maybe tweak some data or you know if, if a piece of data that came from your planter you know is got input wrong you have to go in and find it we just we, we can't allow this big backlog to build up because at the end of the day, what's probably going to happen? You're going to log in. You're going to say, I don't have time for this. We got to go. We have other things to do. Uh, and I, I got to go you know, help the guys get ready to go you know, do some fun fungicide applications. So that task of staying on top of the number side of the farm sits on the back burner. If it sits on the back burner too long, it just doesn't get done. So that's a word of caution for everybody involved on webhooks especially for data that needs to be, if you need to set attributes on it, if you need to review it, reconcile it, the auto flowing of data from system to system is sounds like the magic bullet. It's exciting, it's fun, but we need to be realistic and look at it as um, how are we going to you know, stay on top of it, setting up systems and procedures and processes to you know, on the farm to do that on a regular basis so you can have key decisionable, actionable business intelligence to use to make decisions on your farm. Because at the end of the day, that's the, that's the goal here is to arm yourself with data to make better decisions. Should I let go of the Johnson farm? Should I pick up this new piece of ground that came up, you know, that came to me? Should I maybe take two of my older tractors and trade them in on a new lease. You know, what does that look like for my P&L and, and my repair assumptions? You know, we want to enable you to make the most powerful decisions and integrations, I don't think, are the magic bullet that many people think they are. And we need to be thoughtful on how we approach those, both as a, as a customer, a farmer, and just industry partners in general. And work that we're trying to make the data is as consistent as possible and, and building in ways to set different attributes on different data structures, but still maintain that open flow of data between each platform. So with that, that's a kind of a rambling conversation on my end on integrations and how excited we are for them at Harvest Profit, but we need to be thoughtful on how many, how often, who we're working with on pulling in data because we we can't just drown the farmer in data because then it gets back to we have all this data and we're not using it. APIs don't necessarily solve that. And that's just a, a word of warning, a word of caution. But we're going to be pushing forward and we're going to be announcing some new integrations here later in the year. And we have more to come next year. And it's a, a pretty exciting time for the world of, of technology and giving our customers more actionable insights on the business side of their farm. So with that, that's another episode of the Harvest Profit Podcast. We will talk to you again here in the next couple of days. Thank you.